Good morning, dear faithful, on this first Saturday of Our Lady. And because it is the first Saturday, the Institute of Christ the King offers the Mass of the 22nd of August, which is the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So that is why probably your readings that you follow on your Missal are a little bit different. That's why we commemorate also the Feast of St. Athanasius. Please join us tomorrow. Tomorrow we will have a Mass, a High Mass, at 6.30 a.m. And of course, we will have Gregorian chant and a Misa Cantata. So I hope that you can join us here at 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today's Mass is being offered for the repose of the soul of Billy Boisvert. And as we continue with the different means of perfecting our spiritual life, in the past we had spoken about the meaning and the use of sacramentals. We now remember the portion of the Mass where we hear the Word of God, whether it be from the recitation of the Epistle and the Gospel, or that of the preaching of the Word of God. This also helps us blot away our sins by the devout practice, listening, and application of the hearing of the Word of God. Because the Word of God is said to be the spiritual food of the soul because it does for our souls what food does for the body. It wards off eternal death and sustains and strengthen us. That the word of God may figuratively be called food is vouched for by our Lord himself. Not by bread alone does doth one live, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. The word of God protects the soul from death by enlightening the understanding and strengthening the will. It moves us to do good. A lamp to my feet is your word, a light unto my path. Amid the darkness of this life, it shows us the path to heaven. That is why it is the duty of every Christian to hear sermons frequently, or if this is impossible, to read spiritual books and make practical application of what he or she needs. The Council of Trent orders that there should be a sermon in every parish on Sundays and feast days, so the high feast days of the church. As it has been long customary to have a sermon after the gospel, all who go to Mass on those days hear a sermon as a matter of course. Consequently, there is no need, there is no special injunction to hear sermons. The preached word has more force and effect than what is read in books. However, Bible history, our sacred history, the lives of the saints, or books of meditation are much to be recommended 
and uh, as I have recommended before, the devout, the introduction to the devout life by St. Francis de Sales is such a good book of contemplation and meditation, especially for our situation right now. These are preachers to whom we may listen to any hour. And we have the convenience, of course, to use our internet for good. And there are so many good things that priests and religious offer. Of course, we must be mindful not that not every, every minister or preacher or priest from the Catholic Church who makes podcasts or sermons out there are truly, you know, 100% correct. So we must always keep a broad mind with that and always base our hearing also in the hearing and the sermons of saints, of uh, spiritual books. As we know that there are so many other opinions out there, we must be careful also. And that is why we must find good sermons that are very objective and not very opinionated or esoteric or even to the point of Gnosticism, you know, this type of uh, un very locked, you know, truths of the church that no one else knows except that preacher. Those, I think, those are warning signs that we should not really frequent, but we would really frequent rather those sermons that have touched the lives of many, such as the sermons of the saints, the Holy Curie of ours, the great priests and saints, especially that of St. Athanasius, today, who we venerate as doctor of the church. And we ought to apply the sermons we hear to ourselves. There are, however, those persons who are usually exercising their minds during the sermon, trying to designate to whom the censures of the priest may be referred. And this is a weakness on our part, dear faithful, that we should try to minimize as much as we can. As you know, the priest who prepares these, these words you know, are inspired by the readings he reads from the saints, from the books of meditation he reads and contemplates. And so it is not necessarily pointing at you, but rather something that the priest would uh, find very useful for all. And of course, we must remember that, uh, that if we do this tendency, then we will not take truly the full fruits of the sermon because what we're doing is we're trying to filter out all of the things that the priest does or the deacon does when he preaches and only find things that are very salient for him. So that is something that we should avoid and just take the sermon as it is. And also in this modern age, where, where people think that they should always speak after, you know, talk after about a sermon, comment after it. Well, remember, the, the Word of God is inspired and therefore should inspire your hearts. And of course, there are people who might say, oh, it's good, it's bad, I can't hear, you know, or I don't simply get it, and then start criticizing it. Well, that is also not a productive fruit of what a sermon should be. And so, of course, we have many different priests, many different deacons who preach. Maybe some have accents, like myself, so it's harder to understand for some people. But let us try to take away those things and just look at the essential things that that priest or deacon would say and try to apply it in our heart. 
And if it's not applicable, let us then be grateful to our Lord that maybe we're not suffering from the things that are being pointed out, or we could apply the remedies that that priest or deacon has uh, spoken about so that we can apply it in practice with our lives and then make a good example out of that. See, so the proper attitude is exemplified, you know, in hearing these sermons by those who listened, of course, to St. John Chris, Saint John Capistrano preaching about gambling and the inordinate love of finery. So men who heard him, who heard St. John Capistrano's sermons, brought their cards and their dice, and women their cosmetics, and burnt them in his presence. Of course, that is a good application of what we should do spiritually. You know, if, for example, we speak, we spoke about sacramentals the other day, if we, for example, don't wear the very holy scapular of Mount Carmel, for example, why not then take that as an opportunity to seek for a scapular, have it blessed, and have and then ask a priest to properly invest you in the holy garb of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Or if we do not have the devotion to, to venerate the blessed medals, especially that of St. Benedict and the miraculous medal, let us try to find uh, these medals. Maybe they are in our home. Maybe they are sitting on our table and try to wear them or devoutly use them. And these are the things that we should take from these sermons. We should take what, what is good and then apply them in our heart and in our examples rather than saying, oh, that priest was pointing at me and uh, I should be ashamed of myself. Um, and then, you know, you tell others about that. Oh, I think that priest was talking about me. Well, that is, that is self-pride, dear faithful, and that's what we should avoid as much as we can. So remember, there are many of you who listen, but only one preacher. And so, of course, the preacher won't make, of course, examples. You know, may, might make general examples from his previous experiences, from, from other assignments. That is properly true. But, of course, we should try to, to take away that we should be detached and say, well, it, maybe the whole sermon applies to me, whether it be personally or not, whatever. But whatever God inspires me to take from these words, let, let me try to absorb them and practice them and uh, find the remedies for them. And that is why it is always good to look for, for wholehearted sermons. And unfortunate, it is unfortunate that many people use this opportunity when they preach the homily or a sermon that they speak about their own selves, you know, they speak about mundane things. And that is an improper use of the preaching of the Word of God. It's meant to really instruct the faithful rather than just saying, let us feel good about ourselves, let us, let us uh, love one another, and, and that's the only message. Well, that is a little bit superficial, dear faithful. We should try to make a hearty meal out of the sermons. And so if we find that we are accustomed to these types of these. Uh, superficial sermons and homilies just about loving in a very in a very general way I and mean, that's it jesus christ is being mentioned though the word our lord is being mentioned a few times to make it a little bit holier well let us then 
try our best to find alternate ways to enrich our souls. As we know that the preaching of the Word of God is indeed also a sacramental, the reading of the Word of the Gospel and its application helps us to blot away our sin. And so let us pray for, for our clergy who might be misguided in using sermons and homilies as a political ploy or self-interest or to exemplify the preacher himself, which is, which is sinful. Rather, let us look then to the saints. Let us look for those priests who may preach in a, in a better way you know, and pray that we restore the hierarchy, the, the priesthood into one that is more devout to our Lord and that of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. As we know, there are so many unfaithful, unfaithfulness, infidelity in the Catholic Church, whether it be in the laity, whether it be in the hierarchy. But let us not lament solely. Let us try to work for the restoration by offering our rosary beads, by offering our sacrifices, by offering our prayers for the restoration of the church. And if we seem to be oblivious to the crisis of the church, let us, let us just simply look back at our history of our church and see how many times have the church been through so many obstacles and so many uh, infidelities of, of the Holy Fathers, of the Church Fathers, of the laity. We even saw that when we read about the life of St. Athanasius, when he was exiled so many times from the Emperor, from the Emperor Constantine. Imagine, Constantine who had restored and made official the religion, the Catholic, the Christian religion of Catholic Christianity over his empire. Imagine the empire's emperors and his son, Constantine and Constantine's son, had, had, not, had not liked St. Athanasius for his preaching, for his defense on the divinity of our Lord. As you know that it was quite rampant, the heresy, the awful heresy of Arianism, where the heresy preaches that God, the Lord, the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ was merely a man, a creature, and not divine. So, and that was professed by so many, the majority, unbelievably, unbelievably the majority of the Catholic Church at the time. And so St. Athanasius was the minority and and of course, the truth prevailed, and we saw that. We saw that his sacrifice, his faithfulness to the church and to doctrine helped to restore truth and order in the Catholic Church and extirp heresy, especially that of Arianism, the Arianism heresy, which unfortunately is still existing today among some of uh, Catholic uh, groups not saying the Catholic Church, but maybe the, those ancient uh, particular churches that might still have a, a, a kind of a part of prophecy, you know, belief in this, in this heresy. You know, for example, the monophysites and all of them. So let us try our best to keep faithful to what is handed down to us, to look upon the history of the church and to see how the church had survived through all of these waves, all of these attacks, all of these atrocities. And as, as long as we stay in the bark of St. Peter 
and the traditional magisterium, the teaching authority of the church that has been passed down from us from ages and ages and had been condensed into these good and holy books, especially that of the catechism and, and the books of sacred history. Let us use them well so that we can come continue to increase in us the spiritual life and our appreciation for our faith that we have been baptized in, in the Catholic Church. So let us then try to profit as much as we can from everything that we are doing right now, especially in this circumstance that is quite unprecedented, that everything is in, on lockdown. So let us try our best to take advantage of that by increasing in us that spirituality that we need especially to sustain our souls so that we can sustain our bodies as well. Thank you and may God bless you. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.